You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. There are many different paths you can take, but there's only one road to Atlanta. The high drive deep out to left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flair out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzy Albies. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for it inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at Road, the number two, Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts. Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me from my work over on BatteryPower.com, where I have been the deputy site manager since 2018 and the minor league editor since 2015. Joining me, as every week these days, you can follow him over on Twitter at BravesMILB. One Garrett Spain is with me on this fine Memorial Day. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Been kind of just chilling out, enjoying the long Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I'm, I wish I could say I've been chilling out. Uh, for those who didn't listen to the flagship show, I've been experiencing some horrible uh, technical difficulties on my end with our bio-audio and you know, getting podcasts recorded, having to re-record one, and then on top of that, we're doing a bit of puppy sitting with in a house that has cats in it that is not used to having a dog in there uh, for my in-laws. So it's been kind of a stressful few days for years, truly. But I want to make sure we get this podcast out because we weren't able to do the Road to Atlanta podcast last week. So we want to make sure we got this out here for you this week, especially because, Garrett, this is a, a particularly news-heavy uh, installment of the podcast. Uh, first and foremost, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. To, to our surprise, genuinely, it's not because we thought that we didn't think this guy was going to, you know, wasn't in the mix based on his position. It's just, it was awfully early. We just thought that this wasn't the move that was the most likely one to be made because of roster considerations. But Michael Harris, the Braves' top prospect by a significant margin, was called up directly from AA to the Atlanta Braves. He is firmly entrenched in the outfield now. It seems like that they, you know, the, the days of Travis Demerit getting significant time out there are over. And they wanted to give him a chance, uh, at the very least, to help that outfield defense be better than it would have had been. So, Garrett, what was your initial reaction to the Harris promotion and kind of where do you think he is going to be for in the short and long term? Yeah, I mean, I I was completely shocked. I wasn't even – I mean, I wasn't even around when it happened, and all of a sudden I turn on my phone and it's like, oh, yeah, Michael Harris is at the major league level. It's just not one of those things that – I wasn't expecting them to be that aggressive with him. Um, you know, I mentioned it a few weeks ago that there, I mean, there was a possibility that if Duval continued to struggle, that they would bring him up. I definitely did not expect it, uh, 
at the end of May, but he's been fine at double A. I think overall, you know, I've mentioned in the past, I do think that he is one of the three best outfielders in the system overall. You know, defensively, he's, you know, a rock out there. He's going to make all the plays. Uh, offensively, I think that he's going to provide enough. I mean, you're going to see with him, with any young prospect, especially a guy that's been moved that quickly, there are going to be ups and downs. And I don't expect him to be an immediate impact bat, but he's going to have his moments where he makes impacts and he's going to have his moments where he struggles a lot. But I think that his overall game, is he fully ready? Maybe not. But I think that his overall game and his personality with, we know how good he is at making adjustments, how hard he works. He's a guy that we expect to not really get too down when the struggles come and to be able to put up enough offensive ability to really make an impact on the team. Yeah, it's funny. There's certainly a real floor, like a much higher floor with him in the sense that he's so good defensively combined with the fact that he's just his approach at the plate with like the ability to poke the ball the other way. He can turn on pitches, but he's really good just hitting those line drives over the shortstop's head, getting those singles, or if he can get a little bit hard, hit it a little bit harder, getting those doubles, making plays with his legs, the willingness to take walks. Those are all good things for a, a, a Braves team that is not short on power, but they are short on guys who can consistently get on base. And we do, I do think that Harris is going to be able to Again, he'll have his struggles. He's a he's a pretty he's a young guy, and you know baseball is really hard. And the thing that we've talked about multiple times on this podcast is that for me, it was never Michael Harris being called up this year. The question was never the dip, the gap between Double A AA and Triple A because I think that's very negligible in this day and age. I think that 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 is not going to be the problem. The issue is that I don't think I think that the gap between Double A AA and Triple A is the smallest it's ever been, but the gap between the minor leagues and the major leagues is the widest it's ever been. It's just so hard to make that jump and you know a lot of times you just have to take a chance on a guy and see if he'll make it or not um the Braves were certainly really aggressive here it it certainly tells us a lot about where they think about the state of their outfield what they think they really they need to do to be successful this year hopefully he's you know hopefully he he comes out with flying and he played a couple games so far uh, had his first had a hit in his first game reached base in the second game, made a couple great defensive plays in the second game as well. So it's not like he's, you know, he's looking particularly overwhelmed up here so far. Uh, the game, the game in Arizona just started. We'll see what happens, how tonight goes. Uh, based on, you know, our track record on this podcast feed, uh, he's going to do something noteworthy one way or the other before this thing is ever even uploaded. Uh, speaking of what's going on in Arizona this week, Garrett, our boy Spencer Strider has finally been moved into the rotation. He's starting against Arizona tonight. Uh, I think we can both agree just by saying it's about time, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been very clear from the first pitch of the first game of the season that he was one of the best five starters on the team. Um, you know, they, I guess, didn't feel as confident as we did in him. And it's, you know, there is a concern about what his pitch ceiling is this year. But, yeah, I, I think he's going to be just fine. I do want to see... It's going to be interesting to see how the changeup plays. He did throw some good ones in spring training, but with the way that his command has looked this year, I honestly, even if the changeup isn't fantastic, I'm not really all that worried about it with him. I think that his command has made enough strides at this point that I don't really have any concerns about him going to the rotation and making a spot for him that he will keep for quite a while. I think he's going to do very, very well. And the Braves have some options for some length out of the bullpen, right? I mean, like Jackson Stevens and Colin McHugh are two guys that can throw a couple innings. If you really were feeling frisky 
and maybe the matchups warranted it. You could put AJ Minter in there for a couple innings. That's not ideal because AJ is one of your best bullpen arms right now. <laughs> and with Spencer Strider out of the bullpen, you don't necessarily want to overwork with that, that guy. But at the same time, I think that they have some options, especially if Strider can't go. If he can only go four innings or whatever because of a pitch count issue, then you, that's one thing. But if it's, you know, if he's going five or six, that's what all these other starters are doing anyway. And it's not any different. Uh, and for that fifth ro- spot in the rotation, that would certainly be welcome considering how bad that spot's been this year. Uh, but we, before we get into some promotions slash demotions, uh, one last note here, and he's been not, he hasn't been prospect eligible for a little bit, but William Contreras, old wild bill has been going wild at the plate. And rather than being relegated to a, just a backup catcher role where he plays every, you know, every few days, just once, He's been hitting so well that they're finding ways to put him in that DH and just finding ways to get him into the lineup. Uh, I, I think it's safe to say that I did expect this level of offensive production from 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 William, even though I do hold him in pretty high regard. Where well, it's kind of wild watching, isn't it? I mean, I wasn't expecting the power to play this well this soon, but I did think that he was at the very least an average to above average major league bat, and now. With the way that kind of things have gone with Duval struggling, with guys getting injured and struggling, it's kind of like, well, that is now one of your easily one of your nine best bats. Um, and so I, I did, ex- I didn't have worries about him. I did think that he was going to be okay this year. Um, and I'm just glad that he's getting that full time action. I think that it's about, I think that it's very clear that it's been very clear the entire time he's been in the minor leagues that he's a guy that hits the ball very, very hard. And he's a guy that can hit the ball consistently and hit it consistently hard. And now that he's starting to elevate the ball more, I mean, it's been a show to watch. I've been really, I've been really impressed with his development in terms of in-game power so far. Yeah, that the two home run game he had the other day where they're both just opposite field shots that barely made it over the fence kind of told us a lot about kind of one how how lucky he's been running a little bit and also too just the quality of contact, how well he's seeing pitches. He's not just hitting home runs too at least lately for a while there the only hits he were hitting were home runs, but he's like he's been hitting walk-off hits, hitting big extra base double, you know, doubles and just big extra base hits when the Braves need him, getting on base, he's drawn some walks too. He's been really fun to watch. Uh just a couple quick promotions uh, and slash demotion note here, uh, at least at least between the major leagues and the minor leagues. Uh, Jesus Cruz, a reliever from Gwinnett, as well as Dylan Lee, old friend from the, the World Series where Kyle Wright had to bail him out. Both got promoted to the bullpen. Uh, the Braves are trying to get some fresh arms in there, see what they can get make some things happen considering the struggles that guys like Tyler Thornburg and then some of the older guys that have been having in the bullpen, uh, getting some fresh arms in there seems to make a ton of sense to me. Uh, Tucker Davidson was promoted, got two starts and was sent back down to Gwinnett. And that's why Spencer Strider is starting to starting today, had one bad start against the Phillies and then one start again late last week where the numbers looked better than what he was. He had to get out of a bases loaded situation, still was walking too many guys. Uh, looks like Tucker still has some, Things to work on. Any notes on these promotions that before we move on to the level by level? Yeah. So just a quick thing on Jesus Cruz. I mean, he's a guy that we that came over from the Cardinal system. He's always been a guy that's had a fairly good arm, good stuff, a very good breaking ball. Just command is just you is not very good. Uh, he's only walked one guy at the minor league level this year. So it'll be kind of interesting to see if, if he has made that step with his command, then I mean, that is an interesting arm. I don't think that he's going to be an impact guy. I don't think he's going to get many opportunities. I would not be surprised if he got sent down pretty quickly, but 
it is an interesting arm if he can control the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, they may not have to if they keep extending out these. You know, they have to keep you know extending out this uh, this roster this roster and all that other stuff. Um, so we're going to go ahead and move on to Gwinnett now. Uh, some interesting things have been no- noted, including Victor Vodnik making his way to Gwinnett as a reliever. And then we have, you know, some, I would say some iffy performances from some of the bigger names. So talk to us a little bit what's been going on in Gwinnett. So Gwinnett's a weird team this year in that, you know, these are all guys with the exception of Raiden Shoemake that we've seen before. And so it's not, there's a little bit of almost fatigue where it's like, we know so much about these guys and Drew Waters. Kind of got off to a hot start. He struggled lately. You know, it's, he hasn't necessarily struggled. He's been fine, but he hasn't, he struck out a ton. And so he's hitting the ball harder than he was last year, but the strikeouts aren't any better. And there are far, far too many at bats where you look at him and he doesn't really look like he belongs there. And that's a problem. I mean, he's already been passed by Michael Harris at this point. And so I, I, his, his time isn't running thin by any means at all. He's, they're going to give him more and more opportunities to hit, but he does have to start hitting up. Uh, Braden Shoemake has not been hitting the ball with as much, uh, force lately. It's been a little bit of a struggle for him. He hasn't had as many balls fall lately. So it hasn't been the best performance wise. He's still a fantastic defender. He's not striking out a ton. It's just one of those streaks that guys go through where it's not working for them. Um, the pitching staff has been uh, not that great. Kyle Muller, we haven't – it's felt like he isn't – hasn't been ridiculous this year because he hasn't – last year he had a few of those starts where it was like he'd go like six innings, allow one run, strike out like 11 batters. He hasn't really had that outing this year, but he's been fairly consistently – doing better than last year. His walks are down from last year, even though they're still too high. His strikeouts are a bit up from last year. So he's been fine this year. I, I do, again, still have questions with him about whether he'll be able to main, remain on the rotation long-term, but overall he has made some progress, even if it doesn't necessarily feel like he's had that breakout outing next year. Now, the rest of the guys, Bryce Elder has struggled. A bit of a surprise. I did not expect him to really struggle. He's going to hang it around quite a bit. His ERA is well over six at this point, which I was not expecting him to struggle that, that much. That, I, that I, last I, I, start was not all his fault. Right. That, that you will not find many relief appearances worse than the one that Brad Brock put up in that game. It was right. impressively terrible. Uh, oh, Overall, I mean, I'm not worried about Elder, but he has struggled. I mean, that's uh, – no, today he already has three scoreless innings, so uh, by the end of this podcast, I will be very wrong about that, hopefully. Tuki Toussaint, uh, I will not be wrong about by the end of this podcast. He had a very no. rough outing Sunday, and uh, he's just not been good this year. The command has almost regressed a little bit, which is a problem. <laughs> like, this is a guy that already had command troubles, and now he's – being even worse with it, I just – they're going to continue to give him opportunities. He's a guy that talent-wise they don't want to give up on, but at this point he's, again, a guy that is going to run out of time fairly soon if it doesn't work. I mean, it's just – he just has not made that – you know, it's been three or four years now of absolutely no progress with him, and that has to change. He has to make that next step or it's just not going to work out for him. Yeah, I agree on Tuki. Uh, I'm just basically like, 
the Braves shouldn't even entertain him as a starter at this point. And putting him in the bullpen, he has to show that he can consistently get guys out and put guys away before, like, you, like there's just too many other options in the system to to put there. Now, we'll say for Gwinnett, this is a place that we're going to have to really start watching for the bullpen guys because the Braves are very clearly looking for some answers in the bullpen, particularly with right-handers. And obviously, Tukey's on the, already on the roster, so that, I guess that's a consideration. But the newly promoted Victor Vodnik, who's looked really good in the bullpen since they finally made that move and put him there, uh, is, is someone that I would really like for them to take a long look at potentially in the bullpen this year. Uh, another name that as soon as he gets healthy again, once coming off that ankle injury, is William Woods. Again, that's a live arm would be really good from the right side and would certainly have more upside than what some of the guys that the Braves are trotting out there sometimes. I, th- I think we're going to see some movement there, but you're right. This, the, it just seems like we have some hangers on in Gwinnett. Some are more interesting than others, I would say. Like a guy like Kyle Muller has been around for a long time, and there's certainly some upside there. I, I agree that he's been more consistent, but the top end of performances haven't been there, and it makes me worry that maybe the upside isn't there, any, or at least I'm less confident in that upside. Uh, but I, I do still like Kyle, and I still think he has some time, especially since he was such a young guy when he was drafted. But, you know, there's just guys that have been hanging around for a long time that are just not getting anything done. I will say I'm not worried about Bryce Elder. I think his, his command has certainly regressed a little bit, and I think that maybe just getting a normal spring training and getting plenty of time with Maroth is going to do him a lot of good. He does not, not he does not strike me as a guy who's going to walk a lot of guys, and just everything the way he did things yet last year, he was just, so good at commanding the zone, this turning into this guy who all of a sudden has problems giving up home runs and commanding his pitches at all. I, I just think there's something that's a little bit off with him. And again, his line last outing, he were, I think he gave up six runs was his final line, but he left the game with the bases loaded and Brad Brock not only let all three of those runners score, but like let another four runners score. It was, it was a truly off. I don't know why he was still in that game. I think they get the, against Gwinnett just kind of gave up, uh, <laughs> while he was in the game, but it was brutal to watch. Uh, so, and again, I'm kind of with you on Drew Waters. He's, I think he's been fine, uh, in terms of like, you know, he's like, he's, I think he's hit safely in like eight of his last nine, something like that. But at the same time, like, he doesn't have a performance you really hang your hat on. You're not like, wow, he went three for five with, you know, two doubles and a homer, uh, and didn't strike out. He's, he's not putting those types of performances that for a guy who's been around as long as he is and for as talented as he is, you're just like, he's just a consistent, like, he goes one for four, very often with a double, but, you know, then we'll have a couple of bats will just make you want to pull your hair out. Uh, let's head on to Mississippi, Garrett. Um, they're pitching really, really well. They had a, they've had some good, they had a good week against, uh, Pensacola where they, you know, they were just putting up runs like crazy on them. Uh, a couple guys that we think are, are good at performing well and a couple guys who were not on our radar are all are hitting their brains out. And I know exactly what stand you're going to talk about in that regard. So talk to us a little bit what's going on with the Mississippi Braves. Yeah, the Mississippi Braves have been very good lately. And even, I mean, they lost. Harris and then scored 16 runs over the next two games. They've been absolutely crushing the ball lately. Um, a guy who hasn't necessarily been crushing the ball is Luke Waddell. Uh, he's not really getting a lot of extra base hits lately. And so the numbers are starting to drop off with him. He's definitely a guy that we have concerns about his power potential. Um, but he's in a pretty deep slump, even just hitting the ball. He's not hitting the ball very consistently at all. Pretty much the rest of the lineup is hitting the ball fairly well. Uh, C.J. Alexander has hit a bunch of home runs lately. He has another one tonight already. Uh, Drew Lugbauer has been hitting fairly well. Not as good as he started the season, but he's been hitting decently the last couple of weeks. But the guy that has been, like, at least for a few days there, was absolutely carrying the offense was Hendrick Clementina. Clementina, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hendrick Clementina, 
who reached base, I think, 13 straight times. Yep, 13. And he had Sunday. They gave him Sunday off, which is well-deserved, by the way. Yeah, he reached base 13 straight plate appearances and had, like, three home runs in that – two or three home runs in that span. Like, I I don't know that I've ever seen a guy get that hot. (laughs) It was pretty ridiculous to see a guy go on that type of streak. Um He's been really good lately, though. Um, he's been really good all season for them. And not a guy that is necessarily on a radar as a major league option, but a really good depth piece in the minor leagues, a guy that you can see at AAA that could hang on for a long time. He's He handles a rotation well. He's a decent bat there. I, I do like Clementino, just not necessarily as a major league prospect. Uh, the pitching rotation has stepped up even more than the offense lately. I mean – Freddie Tarnock has struggled quite a bit lately. He's not really striking out a, guy, a lot of guys like he was last year, and the command holes are starting to show because he's not missing as many bats. He's not a guy, that, again, that we care too terribly much about with that, but or, I mean, we care, obviously, but he's not a guy that we're concerned that he's never going to strike out guys. It's just he struggled this year, and he needs to find some outings and some options there. He's very, very talented, and he's very young, uh, and so it's... I feel confident he's going to figure it out. It's just going to take some time. Now, the rest of the rotation is has been fantastic. Jared Schuster continues to truck there. Um, Alan Ronhell has put up some much better starts lately, and that's been a good good sign for him because he really struggled early in this year. And Darius Vines has been very good. Uh, that's a really strong rotation and an offense that seems to be a lot better than its parts right now. And they're in first place, and they're doing very, very well right now. Yeah, it's a, and they're going to need that rotation to play well, play up because without Michael Harris again, that 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 offense, you just look at it and you're just like, I'm not so sure about this. Um, like they they have guys who can play a bit. Don't get me wrong, and it's definitely they they are again greater than the sum of their parts. But at the same time, they're going to need some guys to step up a little bit. But it, it helps when you have guys like Jared Schuster putting up the best year that we've seen from him as a pro. The changeups looked great, and he's really commanding that fastball. That's all we've talked about. Is that him commanding that fastball allows that changeup and allows that breaking ball to, to, to play up and actually allows him to whisk, miss bats and he's had like a couple starts that haven't been that were that were bad for whatever reason but it seems like that's just happening to everybody just like they just don't have it on a given night and they get him out of there really really quickly but they, he, he's been bouncing back and he had a really great start the other day so excited to see where things go with Mississippi because to be honest once we saw that Michael Harris was promoted from Mississippi it's just kind of it was kind of a bummer but it's it's you know easy to forget that there's a lot of guys who are really interesting on Mississippi's roster, even if they're not the most highly ranked prospects. Uh, Before we get into Rome and then finish out with Augusta, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. All right, Garrett, it is time to talk about our hometown Rome Braves. Uh, Had a, had an interesting week, uh, top, had a pretty tough matchup, it seemed like, and they, they, things don't get any easier this week because they have to deal with Bowling Green, who's been beating just about everybody's brains out. But we have some guys that we had some really high expectations for that have been struggling a little bit, and then some guys that we frankly weren't on our radar at all, uh, and then turn, you know, end up end up in high A and end up striking out basically everybody. So talk to us a little bit about what's been going on with the Rome Braves. Yeah, I mean, the guy that has been just absolutely on fire all season has been Landon Stevens, and he has some sort of personal vendetta against Hudson Valley because he hit, like, four more home runs last week. Uh, He is absolutely on a home run binge late all season. He's been crushing the ball. You know, a guy we worry about with the strikeouts, but a guy that has real raw power there. 
Um, Justin Henry Malloy has been fantastic this year. He kind of dipped off, a, you know, that last week he kind of dipped off a little bit. Um, but overall, this year and really lately, he has been absolutely a star for that team. He's starting to cut down the strikeouts. He's hitting the ball consistently. He's hitting for power. You know, we have a lot of concerns about his defense at third base, but he's hitting and he's probably, if he hits like he did, you know, early in the month of May, he'll force a promotion to double A sometime this season. Um, Von Grissom has actually struggled quite a bit lately. It's not a matter of not hitting, you know, he's a guy that he never goes through streaks where he strikes out a lot and he always draws a lot of walks, gets hit by pitches, finds ways on base, but he's in one of those streaks right now where he's not necessarily squaring the ball up. So it's a lot of ground balls, a lot of stuff rolled over to the left side that he just ends up getting thrown out on. So he's in a bit of a slump in that regard lately, but he's a guy that can just really hit the ball and really get on base. And he's been fantastic overall this year. Um, the pitching rotation has been hit or miss. Um, Andrew Hoffman has been fantastic. Uh, he continues to be fantastic. Dylan Dodd is the one who has, who has looked a lot better lately. We were had a lot of worries about him earlier in the season. And so far, you know, he's starting to, he's striking out more guys lately and he's pitching deeper into games and you're starting to see fourth, fifth, sixth inning. He's being, he's able to, uh, continue to get outs. And that's what he really struggled at earlier in this season. Uh, Roy Bersalinas has had good outings and bad outings. You know, he had a great outing on uh, Saturday, I think it was, where he struck out 13 guys. And then he's had other outings where the command just has not worked at all. And he's given out a ton of runs. Uh, kind of what we expected from him. He's a guy that the arm is live and he can get a lot of strikeouts, but it can get pretty ugly pretty quickly when the, Command is not working for him. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that he's encountering some struggles in Rome because he was just so dominant down there in Augusta that it was just like I wanted to see what happens when more advanced hitters take a look at him because it just felt like he was deceptive. His level of deception was high enough in Augusta that like pitches that guys had no business swinging at, they were just swinging over the top of, and he was getting a lot of his strikeouts that way. And there is just something about his delivery and just kind of how his pitch, the action he gets on his pitches that he gets a ton of swings and misses. But some guys are just like, when they're at Rome, they're just like, no, I'm not swinging until I get a good look at something. And he that's when he starts giving up some walks, and he actually has some outings where it gets a little bit hairy. Uh, it's that the, the really patient hitters. It's just when he when push comes to stuff, can can Salinas throw strikes? And he he ha- certainly has nights where he can. Uh, he, he certainly had his fair share of just like strikeouts, looking where the the batter's just like was completely bamboozled that the you know the all he just you know piped one you know on the on the middle third or whatever. So I I like Salinas a lot. I'm still skeptical that he remains a starter. I think the delivery smells like reliever to me. Uh, I am a little bit. I don't want to even say worried about Von Grissom. I think it's more of a – he just hasn't looked particularly awesome. The month of May was tough for him, uh, just in general. He just had like a like a 700 OPS type uh, walks of kind of and, – and walks did a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of getting him to that 700, that 700 or so OPS. So I'm hopeful that he can kind of turn things around. And we've seen him have months where he wasn't particularly great, and then he just turns it on and puts together a really good month. So I'm not like – I wouldn't say worried, but he's someone, someone I'm keeping an eye on as a guy who we think is a really like high upside bat for the system. Uh, and Landon Stevens is so funny. Just like he, we, he goes absolutely wild. And you're right, it is 
does uh, he does do a lot of damage against Hudson Valley. Whatever their scouting report on Landon is, is they, they need to just throw it in the trash can because they are clearly not pitching to that guy correctly. Uh, but he, it's funny, just you know, he will go on a tear, then he disappears for a while, then he'll go on a tear again. So it's been a lot. It's been a lot of fun watching this Rome team because again, there's a lot of unlikely stories and just like weird sort of prospects. Not not a ton of guys that have a. A, a ton of upside, but a lot of guys who are really interesting, kind of in that in the uh, other than Von Grissom, obviously from like in the in the teens range and a little bit further down. Just guys worth keeping an eye on. And that brings us to Augusta Garrett. You cursed your boy. He finally the streak is finally over. Uh, beyond that, this is the team that has been it's been rough uh, to say the least. Um, and we'll just go ahead and just put that out there that they. I am shocked that they put together the, the, the record that they have. So talk to us a little bit what's going on with Augusta so we can finish this out. Yeah, well, they ran into uh, the best offense and best pitching staff in the Carolina League in Myrtle Beach last sure. week, and it showed because they were rough. Uh, Brandon Mosquita had a 35-game on 35 game on base streak, which ended on my recap day, and I am uh, still recovering from that emotionally. That was horrible. Um, he's been – he has not definitely not been as good lately. He's not hitting the ball as hard consistently. The strikeouts are starting to tick up a little bit. I think we expected that with him. I don't – there was no way he was going to run a 450 BABIP all season, and he definitely – is a guy that has some swing and miss in his game. So seeing him struggle is not a surprise. It's unfortunate, but, you know, the 35-game on base streak, I don't think that he was, like, it's impressive, but he wasn't, like, absolutely tearing the cover off the ball for that whole 35 games. Towards the end there, there were some pretty rough performances that he just, he would walk once in the game and that would be it. Um, really the whole offense has kind of struggled lately. Caleb Durbin had a great start to the season the last few weeks, though. He's been a bit rough. I mean, he's just not getting as many hits as he was earlier in the season and really top to bottom. I mean, the whole lineup, I have it. There's really not a guy that you can point to and say, yeah, that guy's been a bright spot. You know, there's been a few games here and there. You know, Makai Backstrom had a good game the other day where he had a home run and drew a walk, but other than that, it's been a pretty consistently, they'll have one guy that has a good game and then nobody else will hit. Um, the pitching staff is kind of, you know, with Salinas not there, with Shoemaker hurt, there's not really a lot to talk about with that pitching staff. Not a lot of those guys are guys that we think highly of. AJ Smith-Shaver is really the only one that we're really all that interested in long term. And he didn't have a very – he's had a few outings in a row where the command just has not been there, and it's been a bit of a struggle. I mean, his last start was not – horrendous, but it definitely was not as good as he has been early in the season. And then the start before that, I think he did he I'm not even sure. I don't even think he got out of the first inning because he went up to over thirty pitches. You know, it's just been a struggle for him lately. Again, a young guy, you know, a teen a nineteen year old that those guys struggle sometimes and well, seeing I want him to go through those struggles about... is not a surprise at all. And 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 that that start was weird in itself because he was really good against everyone except Kevin Alcantara. <laughs> and Kevin Alcantara owned him, like had a, a home run and a triple before AJ was out of the game against him and drove in five runs. That's tough. And, like literally the vast majority of the damage against him had been uh, against Alcantara. So I guess the, the, the where I would say is that the first things first is that whatever AJ was doing against Alcantara, never do that again. You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't do that again because it was bad news. All right, guys. Well, that's pretty much all we've got for this week. 
Thank you all so much for all the support on the podcast. We really, really appreciate you. Uh, if you don't want to make sure you miss a single episode of the the Battery Power Podcast or the Road to Atlanta Podcast, make sure you subscribe to the Battery Power Podcast feed. If you subscribe to the feed, whether it's Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you prefer to use, all you need to do is subscribe. You'll get this podcast. You'll get the flagship show hosted by the great Red Brad Roland most of the time with co-hosts that are, include both myself and Scott Coleman on any given week. And then you also get subscribed to the Daily Hammer which is our daily, kind of our daily update it happens during the week where we kind of figure out what happened in last night's games, and that is hosted by the great Sean Coleman. We appreciate you guys so much. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the road.